Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 are here. We are trying out some new stuff. Bradley's got a new microphone, all new setup, new headphones. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Hopefully everything goes well today and you get to hear this episode. And I guess if you're listening now, you're you're hearing it and everything went OK. They are hearing it. Yes. So we're recording on a new platform. It's very exciting, but we can make no guarantees that this is going to go flawlessly. No. None at all. Herford, Jersey. Can you get, can you get that? It still yeah, works. I got it. That's the answers are the still tape correct. For sure. Yeah. Still correct, regardless of the new equipment, new platform, everything. Anyways, let's get rolling with this. Yeah. It's been a while since we we really had a Bradley focused episode where he gets to talk about Bradley. So we decided that it's time. It's time to hear what's going on up at Morris besides just the grass stuff, which we seem to be talking about a lot. There's a lot going on up there. I joke with Bradley that he just grows things in the shade and somehow gets paid to do it. But there's a lot going on up at the WCROC dairy and so much that we need to hear about. So uh, there's a laundry list of things. I think one of the things that I've been asked about since we released an episode quite a while ago is... What does this electric, all-electric tractor look like, which I think was scheduled to show up this spring. I'm not real sure. Can we get an electric tractor update, Bradley? Sure. Yes. The hope is to get it by June. I think that's what we've been told. So this is a, it's a Monarch tractor. So that's the name of the company. It's coming out of Lemoore, California. So it's, what is that? East of San Francisco, kind of in the Northern Valley. And they're, actually used a lot in uh, vineyards out there. So it's a smaller tractor, can be used for spraying in vineyards, things like that. But we are going to test it out and see what happens. You maybe do some small things with it, mow our pastures, maybe some light work. This is not the kind of tractor that you go out and drop a seven bottom plow on. It, that's not what it's supposed to do. So yes, it's still uh, in in production and uh, we hope to have it by June. We're having some uh, field days for those of you in Minnesota, upper Midwest. We have a big event in the summer called Farm Fest in August and we hope to have our electric tractor there. Uh, our research center has its own booth where we, we went off on our own and are showcasing our own activities this year. So uh, if you're coming to Farm Fest, we'll be there. Well, and if you come to FarmFest, you also need to come to the UMASH Farm and Health Safety, Farm Safety and Health Pavilion. There, there we go. Because um, I also have my own separate booth there. So, Joe, I think you need to get a separate Moose Room booth there as well. Apparently, I need to get my game together. Well, Joe, and have Joe a could come to our booth. We got plenty of space. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll piggyback. I don't mind. I don't mind being the leech. That's for sure. <laughs> not not a problem at all. We can record an episode there. That sounds great. I'll be there. Um, Bradley's going to be there, obviously. M will be there. So, and I know Tom Rothman will be there. So maybe we can have him on. Talk to a couple different people down there. There's plenty of people to talk to down there. That's for sure. All right. So Bradley, we've got the tractor update. That thing looks pretty pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. And I think one of the other things that we we talked about last time, trying to figure out what's going on, is your dehorning study. If you don't remember, Bradley's doing a dehorning study, and part of that study is leaving a pretty large group with with horns. They're not going to be dehorned at all. How is that going, Brad? 
Well, <laughs> so this spring calving season, we'll have 10 heifers that are going to calve with horns. And um, I just went down uh, to the outwintering lot, checked them out yesterday, and everybody's horns look a lot different. Some are nice and curved up, and some are small pointy ones yet. So everybody's going to look different, but we will have that. And we're going to look at their behavior in the milking parlor um, and different aspects related to uh, whether you they have horns or whether they don't have horns. Um, we actually started calving today, March 16th. Our first baby was born today. Uh, so we will uh, start off strong. One thing with horns that we've been it's going to be a challenge. And I figured this out. I was trying to put some sensors on these cows, collars, uh, pedometers, and they don't go in the chute very well. And I'm just a little, a little gun shy when it comes to working with them in the chute, because, you know, they, they want to get their horns in there and I don't dare reach in without their head restrained. So it's not going to be easy. So that's probably the biggest thing that we found so far was with with our horn cows is uh our our cattle shoots don't aren't aren't really built for horned animals but we'll see we'll see what happens we we have uh, there's been some you know probably three or four cows here in the past that have had horns here you know it was kind of oops forgot to dehorn that one uh, it got late in the season and then it's like, well, just let it grow. Otherwise it'll be too painful to to take their horns off. So we've let them grow and they haven't really been much of a problem, you know, with the other cows or anything. It's just, yeah, that cattle shoot is not meant for cows with horns. Yeah. And, and working with horns in the shoot is uh, a tricky deal. And, you know, a hydraulic helps as far as catching them, but then you got to worry about them you got to be really cautious of where their horns are in relation to some of your hoses and stuff like that around the hydraulics. Yeah, especially with dairy cattle, with beef cattle. I mean, you can count on them to come barreling through the chute and you just got to figure out how to be fast enough to catch them. Dairy cattle, some of those tricks may not work, like narrowing up the bottom of the chute to get them to slow down. It's it's a lot different. Uh, I, I've never worked with a large group of dairy cattle that have horns. So I, I can't really give you much advice on this one, Brad. This is, you're going to have to tell us what you figure out on this. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in uncharted territory. And I know there's a few listeners that have horns on their animals. So maybe they can give us some insights about uh, their horned issues, but we'll experience that. And I have a graduate student working on it to look at behavior and, and all of that related to the horn. So we'll, we'll see what happens, see what happens. So one of the other big projects we talked about last time, Brad, was growing different plots under solar panels. Is that work continuing? Are you doing that again this growing season? Yeah, we're going to continue that. Uh, we're, we've got one more year to grow crops under the solar panels, you know, different grasses, forages, corn, soybeans, wheat, and oats. We're doing that here, but actually, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that again, um, starting whenever it stops snowing. Uh, but we're also kind of extending it into producers. So we're working with some farmers in Southern Minnesota that are putting some solar panels up in there. I think they're gonna start with soybeans first. So we're gonna kind of monitor yields, soil conditions. We're working with a local FFA chapter that's gonna actually go out and take measurements for us during the summer. So we don't have to drive two hours uh, every time we wanna do some measurements. So it'll be a good thing to to do that. We 
you know, got a call from this farmer that said, Hey, we're, we're, we're doing this. You want to work with us and get some more information and see what, what we can do. So that that's good that I guess they know that we're doing that kind of research and they reached out to us to see if we wanted to get some more info. So yeah, it's uh, quite an interesting farm uh, that's going to do this. We'll see what happens. That's exciting that you get to continue that, get another year of data. And yeah, it's hard to say no to more data and having someone else help you with the work. I don't, I can't imagine saying no to that very often. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. And, and these, the, the farmers are, are really good to work with and uh, it'll be fun seeing what, what comes of, of their operation as well. They're going to run a combine under them. So they're going to put the panels up in the air and drive their big John Deere combine underneath. So we're going to see what happens. That sounds like a good thing for someone else to try first and, exactly. and see how much damage is caused before you go for it. I agree. I agree. It's, I don't know. We've, we've run our small tractors under there and our electric tractor will probably go underneath panels, but I don't know. I'm a little weary about driving big machinery. So yeah, we'll let these, uh, these farmers are pretty innovative and it's, it's their turn. They can try it. Well, the, the safety person in me is a little concerned, but I mean, these, this sounds like such a cool project and, and I'm really excited to see what this farm finds out and who knows, maybe we can get this farmer on a future episode of the show. Yeah, possibly. I have a question, Bradley. Um, what has been going on with your studies around calf housing? And I think you finished your calves on cows project. Um, you know, I know we touched on calves with the dehorning, but I feel like you always have a million things going on with the calves. So what's what's the other update there? We did finish our calf housing project, you know, looking at individuals, pairs, calves on cows and groups. And so we're kind of crunching the numbers. We just finished, you know, we just weaned the last calves in early February. So we just ended that maybe a month ago. Uh, so we're kind of crunching the final numbers now to see what, what we did. I've kind of looked at it a little bit and it's kind of followed what we've seen in the past, you know, the calves on the cows are uh, they grow the best. We don't really have any health problems with any of the groups. One thing that uh, you'll probably hear, maybe we'll have to talk about that in the future, is this whole colostrum thing and taking calves away from cows right away and whether, you know, people, we take away a, a calf right away because we need to get colostrum in it. But our kind of data is showing you might not need to do that. The calf will actually get adequate colostrum from the dam if they, you know, if, if they're allowed to suckle on the dam. And, and there's lots of implications behind that, you know, yonis, disease that, that we just don't know enough about yet. But that's one thing that we're kind of finding out that, you know, everybody th thinks that we need to give colostrum to get, you know, good antibodies in the calves. And well, I think the calf and the dam uh, do quite well. Uh, you know, obviously it's not everybody and you don't, you don't get it right on a, if the calves are raised, say individually. So you, you know, some of the calves don't uh, sort of have adequate antibodies as well, but on average they, they do well. So that's one thing we're looking at and that's a future debate and whether, but I, but I have farms doing that, uh, thinking about that going, well, maybe I should leave the cow on the calf for a couple days and then I don't have to feed it colostrum or don't have to, you know, so I know there's lots of, lots of good debates and lots of questions we can have about that. So if anybody wants to give their opinion, you certainly can. And 
I, I, I talked about that at a seminar that I give and some farmers kind of look at me and go, yeah, but then afterwards they go, well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's, you know, so it gets them thinking, you know, I'm the guy to, uh, that crashes normal, uh, thinking, I guess, and maybe challenges the status quo. There's lots of things that go around it. You got to have good, good management all, you know, like we've talked about before to make that happen. But, well, and if you, if you had asked me that question in school, when I was a little baby veterinarian, I would have told you, absolutely not. That makes no sense at all because of disease and biosecurity and all this stuff. And then now, which I feel like I'm not a baby veterinarian anymore, and I've seen the real world in a different light, I'd be much easier to to be convinced on something like that, especially considering the labor considerations when we're talking about just leave them together. And the thing that makes me most... The thing that I would be most interested in is not just the effects on the calf, but does it do any good for mom? Because I feel like maybe it does. I have no idea, but maybe it does. The calf is drinking more often than we're milking her. Maybe it actually improves peak milk by doing that for a couple of days. I have no idea, but I'd be really interested in that side of things as well. When I think it, it maybe gives us an idea that maybe that what we call transition milk or the second or third colostrum milk, there might be some value in that, you know, because that's, that calf is getting that milk from the cow that we might not be giving to uh, ones that we're, we're raising not on the cow. So there might be something to that, that says maybe the second and third colostrum is pretty important. So I think we need to look at, look more at that. I think we talked about this last time too, Bradley, but there was a project where you were going to have to start traveling to a lot of other different farms and it had to do with calf health as well. Is that still going to happen as well? Yes. Yep. We're going to, we're, we're going to a whole bunch of different farms and kind of monitoring health uh, on, on their farms, kind of get a benchmark of what's going on you know, other farms, uh, as far as housing systems and what their calf health is and calf welfare is. So we're going to start that this spring, make about 40 farm visits and just kind of see what's happening on farms so we can get a better handle of, of what's going on. Okay. So big question. That's a lot. Uh, how many students do you have to cover all of this stuff? Is it, do you have like 10 students working for you right now or what? Well, I have five grad students plus a research technician. You know, three months ago, I had seven graduate students, so I finished some up. So yes, I have lots of students and I run all over the place and maybe looking for some more students. So (laughs) Emily, sure. Emily's going to go back to school again. Always looking for good students and and students uh, are, you know, without them, none of this stuff would happen. So it, I could never, you, you can't do it alone. So it takes a lot of work and lots of effort by a lot of different people to make all this stuff work. And Bradley always seems to luck out and get incredible students too. High quality, attracting high quality there. And yes, many moons ago, uh, Brad and I discussed me getting a master's with him. We'll see. You never know. You never know what might happen. You know, I wasn't going to become a professor either. (laughs) So you never know where life may lead you. Yes, but then you ended up being in school for like 16 years, so exactly, you became a professor. Exactly. <laughs> it took me longer than a couple of years to do my master's degree. <laughs> All right. Well, 
that's quite a big update. Uh, Brett, is there anything we missed? You got anything else you specifically want to talk about that you're going to do this summer? Oh, yeah, I got lots of stuff. But our, our, the big one is I just got a methane sniffer today. It arrived, so we'll be able to measure methane emissions in our, in our cows um, and see what happens. You know, uh, we got uh, me and uh, another faculty member got a grant to start some initial work on looking at methane and emissions in uh, Holsteins, uh, crossbreds, you name it. So we're going to be kind of exploring that uh, this summer and see where it leads us and what might happen. So yeah, I got one and we're going to test it out. Who knows where it might, who knows what it might do, but we're going to see. We better quit there because we've, we've had quite an update so far, but I, I think it's important for everyone to know what Bradley's up to. We, we joke that he gets to play with cows all day and we don't know what he's doing, but there's a lot going on, as you see. I honestly, it, it, it's a little intimidating to me thinking about trying to get all that done. But having good students definitely would be the key. I don't know how you'd get it all done without them because having basically another six people working on it is the only way it's going to get done. All right. Well, and I think once uh, the methane sniffer is going and the electric tractor arrives, we'll have to go maybe do a little video tour of the WCROC so that people can watch it on YouTube. But we will wrap it up there. Uh, this was a very exciting first time recording on our new platform. And it wasn't a total disaster. So good job, everyone. If you, as a listener, have any questions, comments, or skating rebuttals about today's episode, or if you have a question that you would like answered on a future mailbag episode of The Moose Room, you can send us an email at themooseroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. Find us on Twitter at UMN Moosroom and at UMN Farm Safety. Find us on Instagram at UMNWCROCDairy and visit us on the web at extension.umn.edu. Bye. 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 Bye.